So when I was praying over this gospel passage yesterday, an image came to me of, well, I love Rocky Balboa. And, um, but it's not just because it's a boxing movie, and I did like boxing growing up, but it's also because it's about um, the dignity of the human person, a person who's down and out and finds a reason to strive, uh, to be encouraged, but there's a, but what I wanted to bring in today was about, I'm going to tie in the final match in Rocky II with Rocky Balboa and the final um, round of the match. And I want to tie it in with Jesus saying here, but that you keep them from the evil one. Because he's speaking to his father about a real person, an angelic person, not a human person, but an, uh, angels are persons. They just don't have bodies. They're pure spirits. So an angelic person who was created good, the biggest and most beautiful angel, but who fell and divided himself from God who is one. And so all he can give now is what he has, which is division as one of them, right? And hate and murder, he's a thief, and all of that stuff, right? He's an unclean spirit. But division. And Jesus here is saying to his, he's praying, as he, and he says, Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one just as we are one. We're made in the image and likeness of God. And so if God is one, the image and likeness of him needs to be united but it has to be united in God, who is truth and love, right? Among the things that we understand about God. And so here he's, he's praying to his father. He's praying for us. He's speaking truth about how he has guarded us and protected these people who have been given to him. But he's also praying a prayer for protection to keep us from the one who is divided in himself, the one who has divided himself from the eternal one and is now the master over a kingdom of darkness who is attacking us, who are the image and likeness of God. And so sometimes people can say, and they may just not have been taught or, or they may not understand the intercessory role of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She is not God. She'd be the first to say, I'm not God. She's not the main intercessor on our behalf. Jesus is, because who can save us but God? No one. Jesus is God. We have a God problem. We have offended God, and the only one who can forgive us, ultimately, the one who can heal us, is God. We're the one who had beef with God, so to speak. And God has shown mercy to heal and forgive us. Yet, what does St. Peter say in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4? That we are made partakers of the divine nature. So if I'm a sharer in the divine nature, in the way God is, I'm not God. But if I'm a sharer in God's very life, 
a sharer in his very nature, then it would make sense that I can intercede on behalf of other people because I'm actually sharing in the way God is. Jesus is God. He's the one intercessor, meaning he's the principal intercessor. But God is so humble that he says that you can and you must remain in me. And St. Peter is saying very clearly that we're partakers of the divine nature. So when I intercede for you in prayer, is that not intercession? Am I claiming to be God? Well, no, I better not. I'd be a fool. But am I not interceding on your behalf? God's not working around me just because I'm praying for a healing or uh, a heart to be encouraged. He's not saying, hey, Father Gabe is praying for this person. I see it, so I'm going to go right around him and, and, and give the person grace. That doesn't make any sense. What am I, a puppet? Did Jesus not say, remain in me? So if I'm in Jesus, am I the source of that grace? Absolutely not. Am I partaking in the divine nature? Absolutely yes. It's biblical. It's biblical, but it's also just logical, common sense. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible, the Bible alone. I take God at his word, but it doesn't say the Bible alone. It can also just be a common sense that if I'm praying, why would God like listen to me and then just go around? Then what is my prayer? I don't understand what my prayer would be. How is it in him? How is he inspiring it if he's going around me? What, what, what effect would my prayer have? It wouldn't make any sense because prayer is a gift from God. So why would he go around me? He doesn't. He says, remain in me. Right? So Peter talks about a holy priesthood, a holy nation. How are we priests? Even all of us who are baptized, how are we priests? Because we've been baptized. We've been immersed into the life of God. We've been baptized into his death. We rise again in his resurrection. And who's the great high priest? The book of Hebrews talks about it, right? The book of Hebrews talks about the great high priest, Jesus Christ. In the fourth chapter, the 14th verse, our great high priest. If I am partaking in the divine nature, there it makes common sense that I'm sharing also in his priesthood. Am I the great high priest, the one great high priest? No. Yet I'm actually partaking in his very nature. I've been baptized into Jesus. I'm a Christian. How can I be a Christian? Well, not in name only. That wouldn't save me. I'm not a Christian by name only. I don't get saved just because I say I'm a Christian and then don't live in Jesus. He says, remain in me. And the Blessed Mother remains in him. She said, do whatever he tells you. She's saying from her heart, I mean, if we take her as an honest woman, that she's doing whatever he tells her. 
She's an honest woman, a woman that is trustworthy. It's his mom. And she knows that he's God. So if you know that he's God and he's also your son and you respect him, why would you want to pull anybody away from him? Wouldn't you honor him as a son, but also as your God? If you know that you have nothing on your own, that you participate in the divine nature, and this one who is your son is divine, that everything you have is coming from him, would you not just common sense logically say, do whatever he tells you? Because anything that I have came from him. Yes, I can intercede on your behalf, just as you pray for each other. This is just part of love. If somebody's hurting, I say, God, help them. Well, where did this love of mine come from in this goodness? I didn't create myself. Well, it comes from God. God is so good and humble that he lets me participate in interceding because he wants us to be one. So with all of that kind of groundwork and foundation to have a little bit better understanding of the role of the Blessed Virgin Mary and our role as Christians, we're meant to be united as one in God, then we can understand a little bit of an analogy of why if she's the best, if she's the holiest, if she's the immaculate one, would she not be the secret weapon? It shouldn't be a secret. It should be on billboards everywhere. It should just be known. Unfortunately, in many parts of the world, it is a secret. That shouldn't be a secret. So I call it a secret weapon because unfortunately, in many ways, it is. And the devil's very pleased to keep it a secret because he's very frightened of her. She's the God-bearer. She's the mother of God. She's the queen of heaven and earth. She's the queen of the angels. And the fallen angels are still angels. They're bad, ugly angels, but they're angels. She's still the queen over them, meaning she's in charge by participation in the power and authority of God. He's in charge ultimately, but she has queenship over them. So hence, when I watch Rocky, again, this is how God works with me because he knows that I like boxing and I like Rocky. And I'm Italian and was born in New York and raised by New Yorkers and, and in not Philadelphia, but that's what we like. But God speaks to me through it. In that last round in the match, the coach, Mickey of Rocky says, Go to Southpaw, which means he's a lefty. He's been fighting right-handed right to protect his eye in this match. But he's really dominant at left hand. That's his strength. And the Mickey says, you got to switch now because he's coming after you. Doesn't Jesus say the ruler of this world is coming? He has no power over me. And if we're partakers, Jesus shares that power with Our Lady. It's not the same. It's a sharing. So Mickey says, he's coming after you. You gotta switch. You gotta go to your dominant hand. 
you got to bring out now the secret weapon because you've been fighting 14 rounds the other way. If you switch now, it's going to be the secret weapon. He's not expecting it. And he starts getting pummeled in the 15th round, and Mickey says, now! And Rocky switches to the dominant hand and starts pounding. He eventually wins. When I watch that, I feel like often God says, Mary is the secret weapon. You're really down and out? Turn to her. You're exhausted with life and your spiritual journey? Turn to her. You're stuck in sin? You're worried about your family? Turn to her because she's full of grace. I gave her this as a gift. The fool would not receive this gift. There is ignorance, and that's one thing. But if somebody knows or is just rejecting it without really thinking, without really asking, without really imploring the assistance of the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit, who she is the spouse of, then we're going to miss a major gift. Can we still get to heaven? Yes. If we're ignorant, yes. We, only, we need Jesus. He saves us, right? But there is a reality here that he came into this world through her. On that level, you need her. It's not God, but God came into the world through her. So on that level, you do need her. And if she's full of grace, if she has every, all grace, then every grace that we're receiving is flown through her. It's just common logical sense. And what does the catechism say? That grace is God's life. Do I want to be alive? Oh, you bet. And if she has the fullness of it, then mom, I need help. Mom, you're not God. I know that. But you have the fullness of grace. You have what I need. You have Jesus Christ, the source of grace. You magnify the Lord. I want that magnification in my life. I want to hear God better. I could do without a magnifying glass to read. But if I have a magnifying glass, I can read better if I have wounds in my eyes. And we all have sin, so we have wounds in our eyes. She's a spiritual magnifying glass. And she's the spouse of the Holy Spirit. She's filled with the fire of love. So do we ultimately only need Jesus? Of course. But a fool would say, no, Jesus is God, and she's not. Of course we know that. Of course we don't worship her. How can I worship something that's not God? It's foolish. I mean, we're not that unaware. But would I want extra help that God offers me? You bet. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. 
please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.